0: Hi there, and welcome back to I Hadn't Considered That. I am your host, Vanessa Torrey. Today we are going to be unpacking some stuff, and I am very pleased to announce that I do not mean that in the literal sense. Thank God that the packing is over, because I am done with that, and I am going to have to live in this apartment for the rest of my days, because I do not want to put the contents of my life into one more box, move it to another location, and then unpack it. Because right now I have one very large box, which if you've ever moved, you know that last minute frenzy of trying to get out of the house where you throw everything into one box that remains. And so I have a box of just completely and totally weird things. I don't know exactly what's in there. I'm getting to the point where it's been a couple weeks and I've convinced myself that whatever's in there, I probably don't need. Because if I haven't used it yet... It's probably not that important. Maybe I should just let it go. We are not, however, talking about the contents of my car because there is a Jeep Cherokee parked in the parking garage right now that is shameful. Just shameful, my friends. It is ridiculous in there. It's one of those things where if I went out and opened the back of the Jeep. There's probably about eight equally random things as in the box in my closet that would fall at your feet. Again, not sure I quite need anything that's back there. Not sure what it's doing there. Today, what we are unpacking are some beauty standards that have been created for women in society that I just don't hold space for anymore. There's not a lot of things that I'm really holding space for that have been created by other people, I feel like at a certain point in our lives, we should have the right to just give that up, right? Wash ourselves clean of that. Obviously, there are standards in our society that have been created so that we are not just running around heinous people that are doing awful things willy-nilly. This is not like the purge over here. But in a smaller scale, there are some things that are living in our brains rent-free that we really need to purge out of there they should not be taking up any more space. So I have my amazing friend, Dana Lynn, here with us today. And we're having a great conversation about how those standards have affected us throughout our lives from the time that we were teenagers up until the time that we hit our 40s and how that has changed and some actionable things that we can do with this so that we don't continue to let these bizarre and damaging thoughts seep into our everyday lives. A couple things that I do want to mention before we get into that meat of that conversation is that we have a cool new feature that is part of the Patreon that I thought would be really fun. I want to make sure that this podcast stays fun for me, for the guests, for everyone. So I have this neat little thing that I'm doing at the end of every podcast with every single guest, which is a rapid fire question that is frivolous, but insightful, and just kind of fun. So every guest is going to answer a series of questions that just kind of make them think a little bit about themselves and we get to know them a little bit better. So that is going to be part of the Patreon. If you go to the show notes, you will see the link for that. We also have coming up this week, the next Wine Wednesday. And I know I've talked about this before, but I cannot tell you how fun this is getting. The more that we do these, the more this really cool little community that is being built grows and bonds. And it's so much fun to see people talk to each other, share ideas, open up and just laugh. We laugh a lot because man, life is funny and we got to laugh at it. So we might as well do it from the comfort of our homes with friends and a adult beverage. So that is also available in the Patreon. So please jump over there, check it out and join us this coming Wednesday. We do it every other Wednesday, by the way. So fun things ahead. With that, I want to introduce you to my friend, Dana Lynn.
1: Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a very interesting topic that has been Very front of mind for me lately, but I think it's front of mind for me all the time. But more so, especially in the last couple weeks, I had something that I did that was very empowering about two weeks ago. I was going out to go listen to some music with some friends and I pulled out of my closet a shirt that I had bought, I would say probably three years ago, that still had the tags on it, that I never wore because it is a crop top. Mm-hmm. And there is something that I have been holding on to, which is this idea that a woman in her 40s should not be wearing a crop top. And there's all sorts of other things that a woman in her 40s should not do. There are articles and articles and articles dedicated to, if you're over 40, don't do this. And I don't subscribe to any of that. So I wore the crop top out. The world did not end. I was not whisked away by men in coats. That were like ma'am i'm sorry you can't come in here wearing a crop top i wore the crop top it was fantastic and then just yesterday i went out and i bought two more crop tops because this is just now who i am this is how i live so i have brought on the show today a very dear friend of mine her name is dana lynn wayne and dana lynn is on top of being smart and fierce and funny as hell which i'm sure you will notice in about 2.3 seconds she is also absolutely stunning and has worked in the beauty industry in some capacity her whole life. And so she's got an incredible perspective. And so she's going to kind of help me unpack what the hell I'm feeling right now, because there is a lot of conflicting feelings that I have surrounding being 48 years old and trying to understand how I can feel comfortable in my skin and well, you know, with my skin. hmm so Dana Lynn, I would love for you to introduce yourself to everyone and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited happy. to be here. Um, I'm Dana Lynn Wayne, and I have been modeling since I was 19 in the olden days of the early 2000s. Uh, and I'm still doing it now. And I'm also in the skincare industry and have been graduated from aesthetic school in 2003 and have been in the skincare industry and the spa industry ever since. So I've I've gotten to see a lot of different facets of the attitudes about uh, about beauty standards, mm-hmm. and uh, and what we're expected to do as women in order to meet or exceed them or subscribe to them in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So you had, I think, a very different experience than a lot of people have had being on the inside of that, mm-hmm. because I know that I grew up when i was 19 there were certain images or certain ideas that i had that i got sort of third party that you right. got right in the middle of that what was that like for you what was that experience um, it's it you would think that that as a model and being somebody who is more in front of, in front of the camera mm-hmm. that that there would be more th- in a certain immunity it's yeah. you know you're you've already you already hit the standard you're here we're we're taking your picture we're signing you to an agency mm-hmm. we're booking you for these jobs uh, when it's it was really quite the opposite and I was kind of able to identify the uh, th- some of the inherent bullshit okay with that very very early on because when you are in front of the camera there's there's even more of a level of scrutiny mm-hmm. because every piece of you is being dissected at right. any given time and. And learning very early on that it isn't that it, w- it was never a personal thing. Mm-hmm. So in order to be a good model, what you're what you're doing when you're modeling, you are you're selling. You're a salesperson. Mm-hmm. You're selling a product. You're selling an idea. Mm-hmm. You're selling a, a a feeling. And and being able to to make that connection between what the client wants you to be conveying mm-hmm. and being able to, to to convey it in an authentic way, without forfeiting your your own id if that makes sense mm-hmm. so um yeah it was it was definitely it was definitely an interesting experience and it still continues to be especially going from being a teen model to being middle aged yeah so it's the the way we we are now in the digital age with constantly filtering ourselves sure. and 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 holding ourselves to a standard that does it literally does not exist uh, that's something that I was subjected to before that was a thing. Mm-hmm. So I, there were, I remember one specific point where I was doing a swimsuit shoot. I was feeling, oh, that that sounds it, awful. It's, you, you develop a thick skin. You do really yeah. quickly because, uh, the, so the photographer, very talented photographer and I was feeling really good about it. And the, and the raw picture was, I w- it was something I was happy with. Mm-hmm. And then I got the edited one. <gasps> oh, yeah i and see where this is going exactly and so i'm going okay so here i am you know I, i'm supposed to be some some standard of beauty and even, and and i'm not enough so am i so oh. disfigured am i so misshapen that you had to go in and basically remo- you removed my ribs in this picture <laughs> like right like you, you made my waist longer and, and slimmer than it already is and it was it was a mindfuck. It was a total mind I can fuck. imagine. Because here I was thinking oh hey you know I'm fit. I'm you know running six miles a day. I'm looking really good. I'm feeling really good. And then you came at my picture. Right. At my body. So you're putting yourself out there in a swimsuit and you're getting back feedback that you first of all you don't want. Now here's the thing. I mean I can put a, a swimsuit on. And go wherever the hell I please. Damn right. There isn't a single person that's going to come up to me, as much as I am afraid that they may, and say, excuse me, ma'am, that be, maybe wanted to reconsider that swimsuit today. Yeah, no, they, happen. they won't. No. no. People are too busy thinking about themselves to be thinking about you. Absolutely. So, Everybody's wor- worried about their own jiggly parts. No exactly. one's worried about my jiggly parts. But, yeah, as a model, you are, you're going to get that feedback, mm-hmm. whether you want it or not. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> again, you develop a thick skin and mm-hmm. you learn not to internalize any of it. Mm-hmm. And and I I wish that's something that we were taught as women
0: growing oh, up that?
1: and just as part of the society to develop a thick skin and not to internalize other people's opinions and other people's perspectives on how we look. Interesting. I think that absent that feedback that I've always gotten, my narrative has been made up. Mm -hmm. I am the one that has told myself the story that I am too old to wear a damn crop top. There is, because I'll tell you the the problem that I have with the crop top is I had an enormous baby, right? So I am, I am a five, eight woman who gained 22 pounds when she was pregnant. And my daughter was nearly nine of that, right? I would, when I was pregnant, I would turn around. And people would have seen me from the back, I'd turn around to the right. front and they would gasp. Cause I was just like you go from those. zero to Alfred Hitchcock presents in yeah. like 2.5 seconds right there. Right? I'm a horror okay. movie. I'm a horror <laughs> movie. I love it. it was just like, it was like a gag. Like I was, like, oh, just kidding, it's a balloon. <laughs> but but when that happens, things happen to your body. Right. But I will tell you, so let me tell you about what spurred me to put on the crop top, mm-hmm. other than the fact that I saw it. That same day, I had gone to the farmer's market, and I wrote an entire Medium article about this. And you can read more about it on Medium. But I went to the farmer's market, and I live here in beautiful downtown where it's funky, right? So Absolutely. There are young, hip people everywhere, and they all look cute yeah. all the time. And I'm walking to the farmer's market, and I'm passing all of these young women who are probably in their 20s. And every single day, one of them is wearing a crop top. But they were all different sizes, Mm -hmm. right? Some of them were these little itty-bitty, tiny, petite girls. Others were not. Every single one of them looked stunning. Absolutely. And they looked confident, and they were owning it. And it clicked in my head, why do I not have that confidence? Where did I lose that at some point that that's been the narrative in my head that other people, if I did the same thing, are going to be like, oh, my God, she's got stretch marks. Why is she wearing a crop top? For me, I think, and 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 my mom is one of the smartest people I know, Mm -hmm. and one of the wisest people I know. Mm -hmm. But a lot of my internal dialogue with that, with with my relationship to aging and my relationship to beauty standards, comes from my mom being critical of herself. So she wasn't criticizing me, but she would like when she would reminisce about her twenties. It was always when I was young and pretty. (gasps) Oh, you know, using pretty as a past story to hear. Yeah and and so what that communicated to me was when i'm not young anymore then i'm not going to be pretty anymore either. Oh. so that's kind of where my my dialogue Interesting. on aging was kind of captured in that. i don't and, think that my mother was ever critical of herself. i don't think that my mother really gave that much thought she never my mother was always beautiful. i think my mm-hmm. mother's always been beautiful. my mother was also always tall and and willowy. my mother was always thin, which i saw it as um, if my mom can do it and if my mom's done that her whole life then I I should be tall and thin my whole life too but I know that i heard other people including my mom be critical of other people and my mm-hmm. mom is a total typical New York you know, woman who's like this woman clearly has nobody at home that loves her that she's going out like that <laughs> she's got no does, mirrors does <laughs> she not have a mirror at home look at this lady what she's wearing over there like mm-hmm. that's I saw that and so I thought that when I heard other people say negative things about someone, and it wasn't just my mom, I'm not talking about my mom not putting my mom down, it was um, at school, seeing people bullied, especially girls or boys that had weight problems, that were bullied. I internalized that because I'm such an empath, right? So absolutely. Man, my own bullying affected me, but watching other people be bullied, I mean, I processed that too. I was like, I'm sorry, if you can't process your bullying, I'll just process it for you. I'll feel it too. I'll go right in the corner if you're not gonna do that. Just give me a minute. And it's a new it's a new kind of anger. It's okay, come for me, whatever, it's fine. You yeah. you come for somebody else. And then suddenly Mama Bear just
0: <laughs> Exactly.
1: And then you just start. You know you want you to swap people exactly, <laughs> but you you hit on something that was interesting is the change over time, and again, I've said it time and time again, and I swear to God I'm going to write a handbook at some mm. point of everything that nobody told us was going to happen when we got older, because I feel like I was absolutely ill prepared for middle age on every single front. Oh, absolutely. Nobody told me what was going to happen Well, because nobody talks about it because once you hit middle age, you're supposed to be invisible that is i, I am really no longer, struggling with that yeah and so and it's and what it is like i think our ultimate act of defiance as women is refusing to be invisible mm-hmm. refusing to wear the long top if you want to wear the goddamn prop top refusing right. to just you know go quietly into the night yeah. it's no like, we didn't we didn't stop being beautiful because mm-hmm. we've been collecting birthdays since the 70s or the 80s we didn't yeah. stop being beautiful because we're no longer we no longer have the metabolism of mm-hmm. you know a little Circus mouse or whatever. <laughs> like, you, know, you know, we eat stuff that sticks to us. That's just what happens over time. Yeah. And there is nothing wrong with that. Like we didn't, we're not forfeiting our, our beauty for birthdays. Absolutely. That's, it's not that exchange rate. And so basically we're against that. Yeah. And just giving a nice juicy middle finger to that whole concept of the only way to be beautiful is to be young, to be high, to be tight, to be fit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's rejecting. It's a lie yeah and it is um it is something that i think as we get older this idea of the invisibility is Mm -hmm. also countered by the ramping up of us feeling like we have to fix something so we're in our teens we're in our 20s even -hmm. in our 30s where is everything is maintenance you're just maintaining And then I feel like there is something that happens in the world, whether it is cosmetic surgery and the promotion of that, whether it is uh, beauty supplies Mm -hmm. that we're told like our cheese slides off our cracker the minute we turn 40 and now we have to fix something. Like something has gone wrong, ma'am. Yeah. Here's 18 different things that you need to be doing right now because you have to fix your face now. Like your face, because, know, like, or, your head will blow up and die if you don't absolutely. If you don't still look like you're 20 when you're 50. Absolutely. Like it's what is that? I don't even what know. What is that? And th- like this this is an industry that I've been working in for the last two decades of my life. And right. I I still can't quite make heads or tails of it because it's it's horseshit. Mm-hmm. It is unmitigated horseshit. And it so within within skincare. So I actually I I, went, I started going to aesthetic school because I had been modeling for two years at that mm-hmm. point. And makeup artist after makeup artist gave me great advice. Start taking really good care of your skin now so that you can have a longer modeling career. Oh, okay. So I did. Mm-hmm. And then I went and got a job at, the, at a spa while I was in aesthetic school and stayed there for 14 years mm-hmm. and am and, and now I'm just in different capacities within skincare. And something that I've always struggled with within that facet of the industry is the term anti-aging. Oh yeah, because we have to be against it because it's bad. No, pro aging, age. Right. The alternative is a dirt nap. That's totally true. Collect the goddamn birthdays, like, right. eight, and and be and be proud of it. So really, when we're coming at anti aging, that term is something that's really coined to demonize women aging, mm-hmm. and to and to vilify a woman for having the unpardonable gall for no longer being twenty. And this really what it's about and something that I learned when I was in school and, and what I've been doing just in the, in the industry is changing my terminology and how I think about that. It's not anti-aging, it's anti-damage. Oh, so when we get lines and wrinkles, that's damaged collagen from either overuse, trauma, sun exposure, acne, the the, the list goes on. The skin the right. is or just organ of the body. It's exposed to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're talking more about anti-damage as opposed to anti-aging, mm-hmm. it, you no longer have that insecurity and that that negative connotation associated right. with what happens just naturally as we get older. We lose a little bit of elasticity. There are things we can do to mitigate that. As we, you know, the more time we spend in the sun, the more sun damage we're going to get. There are things we can do to mitigate that and even reverse it without feeling bad about ourselves In the same at the same time. It's not something to be fixed in that it's a vanity thing it's a it becomes more about a health thing i think that that's been something that i i haven't made that shift yet fully
0: Mm -hmm. that
1: i feel like in the last year i have taken much better care of my skin than i ever have because Mm -hmm. i'll tell you i mean i don't know what your mom used when you were a kid but i spent a week with my parents last year and i looked in my mom's medicine cabinet my mother still washes her face with a dove beauty bar Mm -hmm. And then after that, she puts on Pond's Cold Cream. That is my mother's beauty regime. Okay. Okay. That is it. And that is, that's been fine for her. Yeah. She's been doing that. And it's one of those, I think she has maybe some like, all may anti-aging something or other like right. sh- like like we're gonna put this on our face and we're gonna turn into mirth from work and mindy and right start aging backwards <laughs> we're gonna turn into benjamin button well, yeah we come how down how benjamin works. buttonitis right. and, yeah. and they call it cool things like serum which makes it seem like it's like some magic potion right when really it's just like some goop in a jar but I started looking at, okay, what do I actually need to put on my face? Because I don't know. You go into like a Sephora, which I go into a Sephora and I'm overwhelmed. It's a lie. And I just want, like, you'll find me in the back, in the fetal position, curled up, rocking myself right. because I don't know what to do. And I don't know what any of these words mean. And I think that's when I reached out to you and I'm like, what, what do I need to be putting on I'm the like, face? I got you. Yeah. But there is still this idea that I am doing this to undo. Not right. to prevent, not to help, not to amplify the beauty that is already on my face. Mm-hmm. It is so that I can fix something that has clearly broken and gone. Or, wrong. or I'm I'm chasing something. I, like I'm chasing something that went away. I like I'm trying to get idea. this thing. I'm trying to get this back, and it's gone. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be mourning my youth now. And this is just like my desperate attempt to cling to it. Like there's no reason for that, right? And that was also the it, it, that translates for me into some of the things with you know what women are told to wear because Absolutely. there are certain things that are noted as this is a youthful look like we turn forty and all of us get some sort of discount card to Chicos like right. I didn't get one of those no like that because I don't necessarily want one but it's like you turn fifty you get your AARP card or fifty five you get your AARP right. card. But all of a sudden we're getting coupons for, you know, for Chico's, which there's nothing wrong with Chico's. It's just not that I don't, I don't want to do that. I remember after I had Caroline, I had Caroline when I was 29 years old. It was, I was Mm -hmm. like six weeks before my 30th birthday. And I remember that summer, right after I turned 30, my mother-in-law, bless her heart, came over and I was wearing a two piece swimsuit and she had told me that maybe it was time for me to buy a more age-appropriate swimsuit and had recommended that perhaps I might want to take a look at her L.L. Bean catalog. Absolutely not. There's (laughs) nothing about this that says L.L. Bean. No. In no way, shape, or form. If if I send you a text and say, "I just got this great shirt at LL and call the authorities. Something has happened. There has been an event. That's I am going to be calling the police because you've clearly been kidnapped. You're being held against your will, right. and yeah. But there no. is. So as the, it goes the other way, though, interestingly enough. So when I was in maintenance mode, I didn't care, and so the whole statement of "start while you're young." Mm-hmm. Right? It's like we're told at a young age to floss, but as young women, we're not told to moisturize nearly as much as we should. Mm-hmm. So that gets down to the, oh, well, I haven't been doing this. So I look at it as I just started really taking good care of my skin when I was 47 years old. Clearly, I've been doing something wrong my whole life. And it's not that I've been doing anything wrong. I just haven't been doing the right thing. Right? Because when, you know, when you know better, you do better. When you don't know better Mm -hmm. and you're also being told you're, you're being celebrated when you're in your late teens and early twenties as well. Mm -hmm. It's, Oh, you have all these great genes, you know? Oh, you've got your youth going for you. Oh, you've just, just enjoy it. Enjoy it now. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not maintain it. It's not take responsibility for, for your body, for Mm -hmm. your skin, for your, even your own perspective of yourself. It's just, it's enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy the attention. No matter what we look like, Mm -hmm. As women, no matter what our hair color is, our eye color, our body shape, it is always not enough. Absolutely. I feel like every single woman at some point in her life has been sent a message that there is something wrong with her. Oh yeah. Either not enough or too much. Exactly. So there was, or I think I may have been modeling for maybe six months and I had gone on a week of castings. And so like just a bunch of different clients. And there were four jobs that I did not book one because i wasn't pretty enough the other one because i was too pretty one because i was too fat and one because i was too was too skinny right so basically yeah so in the same week i had four different people mm-hmm. tell me completely different conflicting information and that that was that was my emotional boot camp mm-hmm. in terms of developing that thick skin just to have that onslaught mm-hmm. of you're too much and you're not enough basically all at the same time mm-hmm. and acknowledging that they're coming from a business standpoint. They're coming from it. This is, this is the aesthetic that we're going for and you're not it. It's not personal. So I had to fight the, my knee jerk reaction of, Oh, well I need to gain weight. Oh, I, I should, I should get something done about X, Y, and Z feature that makes me not pretty enough. Or mm-hmm. I, you know, I need, I need to diminish in some sort of way, Like no, I don't have mm-hmm. to do any of that. Everybody who gave me that feedback, they were all wrong. And they were also all right. Mm -hmm. So they were right for their purposes, but they were also... They also did not deserve or warrant the power to have me internalize any of that because it wasn't about me. Right. It was never about me. And these beauty standards are never about any of us, but we internalize them. And and they're universal to us. We might not have the same feeling because your point is exactly where is the bar? So we talk about this... bar being set for what a beauty standard is because that's that's inherently what a standard is but no one's telling us where the bar is we just kind of have to guess and hope we don't overshoot the shot right right but so that goes sort of back to the idea of every single woman has that commonality of at some point feeling less than what we need to be doing in my opinion is locking arms together and mm-hmm. collectively saying, I'm not going to put up with this shit anymore. Absolutely. And hey, woman over there, you're beautiful just as you are rather than tearing each other down. There are ways to fix this. Yeah. right. We, we don't have to fix what we look like. We need we need to fix our perspective. Yeah. We don't need to bend to the world. Why yeah. can't the damn world bend to us? Right. I mean, we make up 50% of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We mm-hmm. should have some sort of say Absolutely. in what we get to look like. Absolutely. But I read something that was interesting that... The average woman will spend a quarter of a million dollars over her lifetime mm-hmm. on maintaining her physical appearance. That is and it's it- the least interesting thing about any given woman, too. And that's what's tragic about that. Yeah. I struggle with that because yeah. I I feel like all of the interesting parts of me are on the inside and I think that's what I've struggled with especially as a single person. Mm -hmm. And especially a single person at 48 who has also been sold this absolutely bullshit idea that men want younger women. So if women are going to attract a mate, Mm -hmm. we have to look like the younger woman to be desired by men. There's so much of all of this that is put on us by the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. where The patriarchy is the one telling us what we need to look like. Right. Right. Because they're the ones that are dictating... The message as far as what is being sent is what is attractive. Mm -hmm. You've seen, and this is where the little E shows up on the podcast description. You've seen the sketch with Amy Schumer where she is being led to the picnic table where they are celebrating her last fuckable day. Oh, yes. It's genius. (laughs) Brilliant. It is absolutely genius. And you look at Hollywood Mm -hmm. and this is something that I see changing there. Cause I want to talk about how this is evolving and what we are doing mm-hmm. to evolve this where there are women like Meryl Streep who are still getting these large roles, but they're not love interests. Right. Right. I mean like Helen Mirren is the sexiest human being. She is so incredible. 100%. Can we have a, can we have a movie where people with gray hair fall in love and they play romantic interests? And we see them interacting with somebody of the opposite yeah. sex. I mean, the the fact that there's one that comes to mind, and for some reason the title of it is Facing, but it's Jack Nicholson and... Um, Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton. Is it not as good as it gets? It is... Something's Gotta Give. Something's Gotta Give. That's the one. Okay, so the fact, A, that we're struggling to, yes. to, to come up with the right. title, and, and B, like, that movie was made, what, 20 years ago? Oh, more than that. So it's this many... <laughs> Yes. They can just rattle off on top of our heads, Mm -hmm. like other than no, that's it. End of list. That come to my mind right now. Right that that really celebrate dating Mm -hmm. at at an age when, you know, you're no longer, you know.
0: Yeah, there's so
1: much that I feel we need to normalize. Absolutely. And one of them is that women over the age of forty can still be sexy. And we can still um, have sex appeal. We can still be interested in sex. I okay. feel sexier now at forty than I did when I was twenty. And part of that yeah. is a self ownership. Mm-hmm. Part of that is also knowing that you know I've got some years. I I, I know what I'm doing. Do you know? Humble interestingly, which, <laughs> right, right? You're working it. You're working it. We see it. Yeah, I love you, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> That's my husband. Um. Interesting, but you know when I felt the sexiest in my mm-hmm. entire life? And this is this is awful. This is great and awful at the same time, was when I was pregnant. Because that is the one point in my life that I can point to where my body looked exactly how it was supposed to look. Yeah. There was an expectation of what I was supposed to look like when I was pregnant. Nailed it. There was a fetus in me. Mission accomplished. Well done. (laughs) Yay me. And so it was one of those things, like I can't, nobody's going to look at, people look at pregnant women and there's just like, oh, you're so beautiful. You're so literally full of life. Yeah. And so that was my, that was my nine months of glory. And I said it in my Medium article is that I feel like we, as women with our bodies, we are sold this idea also that um, our bodies are the vessel to carry human life. This is our purpose in life. Therefore, everything that we need to do, we need to be preparing our bodies to birth a child. And that includes making ourselves as attractive as we possibly can to a member of the opposite sex so that they will want to marry us and procreate with us Mm -hmm. so that we can carry that baby. And then the minute that that baby comes out and weird things have happened to our bodies, now we are no longer wanted and acceptable and attractive. Well, yeah, because, because you're used. Exactly. Like the birth canal has been used. It's Absolutely. like we've broken the seal. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It, at that point, that's, that's when you start being compared to, you know, sneakers or right. chewed gum or right. know, other such bullshit where you know, women are objects or whatever. But it's, and, it's, and it's interesting that you were, you were so celebrated when you were pregnant. Absolutely. When you were a vessel to somebody else. Not because you were celebrated because you're Vanessa. Mm-hmm. It was you, you know, you were about to be somebody's mom. Yeah. You were somebody's wife. You were, you, it was an association. My body served a purpose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it, it was, was a useful. Mm-hmm. which goes back to the idea of the, this has been scientifically proven that there is the illusion that women decrease in our attractiveness when we hit menopause because we are no longer fertile. That there is attractiveness that is connected to the fertility. That's why younger women are seen as more attractive because they are seen as more fertile. Which is... And therefore more useful. Totally bizarre, especially now that women are less and less desirous of carrying another human inside their body. Mm -hmm. So women aren't necessarily getting married and having babies. So where does that whole idea fall? Right? How does that affect? The, the so-called beauty standard. Well, and then again, you're you're relying on somebody else's gaze to define that for you, and that's mm-hmm. and it really does kind of boil down to a personal choice of re- rejecting that and also having that solidarity with other women mm-hmm. in that rejection of that standard. And no, I don't need some you know thirty year old chat at the bar to to think I'm hot in order for me to walk around knowing that that I'm beautiful. That's and that, where I'm and I I decide I'm beautiful for myself. Right. I don't, I don't need to rely on outside opinions for that. Mm-hmm. Is it charming if somebody compliments you? Sure. Yes. But that's not the make or break. Uh-huh. So. I hate the idea of anybody leaving their house not feeling beautiful. Absolutely. I hate that idea. No, it's gross. I feel like everybody should walk into the room like they own the goddamn place. Absolutely. That's what I want to see. Yep. Whenever I go someplace and I see somebody, which is what's fun for me is, and I try to do this every day. I try to compliment a woman that I don't know every single day. Same. Right? And it's a genuine compliment. Absolutely. And it's, it's, not, it's not bullshit. It's, no. It's, you know, if I really like your hair. You say that to a woman whose hair you really like. Yes. Right. And especially keep something the that to is not connected to genetics. Right? right. I'm not going to compliment a woman on her face. Right. right? Because, congratulations, you got exceptionally lucky. Right, You, you don't want have a, a woman nose that goes over to the side like I do. Thank you very much, ma'am. I'm, I'm happy for you. I saw a woman um, when I went to Chelsea Handler that was walking into the show. She had on the most stunning outfit. And I told them, like, that is the most amazing outfit. And then usually what follows, which is the most fun thing in the entire world, is when... This is where I got it. Yes, exactly. This is yes, much exactly. where you'll find it. The, the outfit's it. Yep. in my closet uh-huh. right now. I pair it with a crop top. Uh-huh. I bought a crop top to match it. One hundred percent, most adorable skirt, but I feel like that's part of what we need to do to say, "Hey, look, I see you." Mm-hmm. And because anything that we can do to bolster the confidence of other people, we need to be doing because there's there's more than enough that's going to tear us down. One of my favorite places to bond mm. with randos, oh, I love it, is the ladies' room. Absolutely. We could solve the world's problems from mm-hmm. the ladies room. Just just the, the positivity and the support of, of strangers yes. that is. It, it's just, it's free flowing. It's like something happens and... when we, we cross that threshold Yeah, where there's just like, is there some positivity spray that just like comes out of the ductwork in the bathroom? Well, I, think, I don't even know. I mean, number one, we're surrounded by mirrors. So, yes. ah! um, and, and two, we're, we're also going into a restroom. We're about to be very vulnerable yeah With so a very, very there's an, there's an inherent vulnerability to the ladies room and so the fact that you can walk in it, it and it's, it's it's almost like an instinct mm-hmm. where we're just like here let me let me get your tag let me fix your you know your hair's going up in the back let me fix that for you i don't know you but you look fabulous that lipstick color is gorgeous on you you're exquisite like yeah like we, we don't let women walk out of the ladies room without getting pumped up right because I don't think I've ever exited exactly a room. Exactly. We have to go back into the world where people right. are not kind. So let's <laughs> get all of the kindness right. out into the air and, and maybe it just like sticks on us. And I love that. Oh yeah. I love that so much. And I love that that's something that I'm seeing more and more and I don't know if it was always happening or it's just something I'm noticing as I'm getting older. The younger women are doing that too. Oh. So if that's a habit that they're getting into at 19 whereas when I was when I was 19 it was there was there was kind of an attitude of of an unhealthy competition. Yeah. And like a women pitting women against each other, mm-hmm. but I think with the conversation changing as much as it is, we're getting into a more supportive place earlier on. Yeah, and that competition breeds the comparison. Exactly. exactly. And I, I think that's joy. where the devil is. Yep. The devil is in comparing ourselves to other people. And I remember in down in Mexico several years ago, I was mm-hmm. I was at the pool Um, when I'm in Mexico, I like to get the early morning out to the pool before anybody's there and I just have a relaxing moment. And I was wearing this peach colored bathing suit that I had got at my Chargé boutique Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting at the pool and I will be damned if there isn't some 22 year old girl Mm -hmm. on the other side of the pool wearing the same swimsuit. And I'm like, well, shit, that's now how I wanted to start my day. (laughs) This is not where I saw this going, Right. And I'm looking at her, and I had a moment, and my first initial thought was, God, she is rocking that swimsuit. And here I am, and I immediately felt like I wasn't rocking the swimsuit. And then I thought about it, and I thought about her, and I'm like, you know what? I may not look as firm as she does. My Mm -hmm. stomach is not as flat as hers. Her stomach doesn't look like it's been ravaged by a bear, for God's sake. (laughs) Right? But... I have cultivated a confidence that allowed me to buy that swimsuit to begin with. Absolutely, and it that's fluorescent lighting. Yes. Which, by the way, that shit should be illegal in fitting rooms. The, the target Ugh. dressing rooms are a hellscape. Truly, I don't. I, I won't go in there anymore. Yeah. I will buy the items I've tried it. It on at home, and if it, it doesn't work, return it. Yeah. Because yeah. nobody needs that in their life. Nobody needs to see their cellulite-covered posterior in fluorescent lighting from three different angles. No, thank you. No. Hard pass on that. Not even on my birthday. Yeah, no. Not gonna do it. Yes. So yeah. when I realized that I could make a choice mm-hmm. to feel comfortable in that moment, or I could not. Absolutely. That was absolutely my decision. One hundred percent. And and not only that, but it it is also a choice too. Because and this is and this is something that it, I don't think you were even conscious that you were doing it. You're you're complimenting other women while at the same time taking a jab at yourself. There is really? No, there is no reason we have to do that. Mm. Your nose is fine. You have a yeah. beautiful nose. So somebody who was, quote unquote, lucky enough right. not to get a Roman nose. That wasn't luck. It's just not a mm-hmm. Roman nose. There is right. nothing wrong with a Roman nose. Right. We can compliment each other. We can appreciate each other. We can celebrate each other without doing it at our own expense. Exactly. We can see something in someone else that is beautiful without having to want it ourselves. Exactly. Boom. Okay, that just you've just changed my life. So- <laughs> this is this is why we're here. End scene, we're done. <laughs> That's it. Mission accomplished today. Thank it. you very much. <laughs> but I look at women who carry themselves with such amazing confidence. And the the pinnacle of that is our friend Nina. Oh one hundred percent. When I wanna be Nina when I grow up absolutely everywhere that girl goes she walks into the room and she doesn't walk in nina does not walk into rooms right nina just like explodes into the room. yes right she just like boom i am here you're welcome we we very quickly come to the realization that it's nina's world and we're just living in it absolutely and i'm here here. for it i am (laughs) here for it (laughs) absolutely (laughs) happy to be living in this world 100 percent. and so it's one of those things so nina actually was a big part of me making the decision to put on the damn crop top and then buy more yes because everything that nina puts on she looks stunning in Mm -hmm. and she wears such fun and funky outfits and i've always loved how she dresses absolutely because it's this cool kind of hip boho vibe it's an element of not giving a fuck i mean yeah. she's she, i mean she's stunning she, she, she could you know roll around in the dirt and still be true absolutely exquisite but it's it's the, it's, it's how she carries it exactly it's but, how she carries it and so i asked myself what is stopping me from putting on this shirt mm-hmm. and busting into that club where my friends were playing music like I owned the goddamn place, like I was Nina Merrill. Right. There was nothing stopping me. Not a goddamn dreams. thing. No. And so now that's kind of like, I get dressed and I, I channel, I channel my inner Nina and she's going to absolutely die when she hears this podcast. I love she's it. She's going to laugh so hard, but it is, I want to grow that. I want to continue to grow that no matter what is said to me or what is shown to me or whether anybody finds me attractive, I am now at the point in my life where I do not give two shits if somebody else thinks I'm attractive. Yeah. Particularly the male species. Like, I am not here for your aesthetic gaze, And being somebody else's definition of pretty is, is not the required rent that we pay for being on this planet and functioning within our society. Boom. That's, that's, that's not a thing. I did not sign up for that. No. So I, I am not, I'm not going to pay rent on somebody else's insecurities or somebody else's Mm -hmm. standards. Yeah. And the whole idea, just the words together, beauty standards, beauty is so subjective. Mm -hmm. It truly is in the eye of the beholder. And so we're going to associate a standard Mm -hmm. with that. Right. Standards are for the objective, not for the subjective. Mm -hmm. So what we're asking to do effectively by subscribing to any of it is just to get our minds royally screwed over. Mm -hmm. For what? Right. To whose benefit? With the idea of the standard, with what I had mentioned about being able to compliment somebody on something that is beautiful about them without having to have it, Yeah, I would also like to normalize that certain people can be beautiful without the rest of us being expected to look exactly like that too. 100%. Case in point, J-Lo being thrown out there as the new 52 like this is now what 52 year old bodies look like the fuck they do it's her 52 right and it's not my it's not gonna be my 52. and 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 also so so much of that imagery is photoshopped sure the filters like the instagram filters it's and 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 all of the the editing and and the tweaking and the this and the that and We feel bad about ourselves for not looking like J-Lo. J-Lo doesn't look like J-Lo. No. J-Lo looks like what we're supposed to believe J-Lo looks like. Right. Which goes, goes back to the... I have a hard time with the men that complain about women who put filters on their photographs. When those men are the same ones... And when I say those men, it's not those specific men. I'm talking about the patriarchy here. Right. The patriarchy... Men are And the yes, ones... we know it's not all men. Yes, I'm absolutely. Just say there, that really are, there are some incredible men that love us as we are. Absolutely. Praise Jesus for them. But this patriarchal society that we live in tells us that our skin has to look flawless mm-hmm. to the point where women are so desperate to have the flawless look that they slap the filter on, which then it's clear that they're using a filter and then men are mad. Right. Like I'm being catfished. That's exactly it. Well, you you well, sold me a bad bill of goods because you you put all of this makeup on, and that's not really what you look like. Well, if I hadn't put on all of the makeup, then you wouldn't be sitting here with me. That's why you're here. Well, and and also if if you lack the imagination, and and you it, it, to to believe that this is what I this is what I just naturally wake up looking like. You mm-hmm. you think I have gold eyelids? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. that's a you problem. Right. Right. And I feel like if we just all leaned into that as women, just a little bit more Mm -hmm. of, again, if you want to get rid of catfishing, let's just normalize faces. Yeah. Let's. I have one. You have one. Yep. Everybody has one. Men walk around with their faces, just looking like faces. They have, Mm -hmm. they have that right. Yeah. We don't have that right. Uh, I don't like to wear a lot of makeup. Uh, It just doesn't, doesn't feel right to me. I also was never taught how to do like makeup correctly. So I feel like whenever I put it on, I kind of look like RuPaul, but that's just me. So if we just normalized what we look like, and again, I almost went full on Glennon Doyle with the Mm -hmm. recording of this and almost didn't wear makeup. I'm like, well, what would happen? First of all, the world would not have come to an end. No. Right. But at the last moment I decided to put on the makeup, but it wasn't because there's a camera right there. because you felt like it. It's because I wanted to do it. Yeah. Because I like it. I enjoy the ritual. Mm-hmm. It's I, something I walk that feels around without, like self-care. Absolutely. Like, I walk around now without makeup mm-hmm. more often than I did when I was in my 20s. And everything was virtually poreless. And, yeah. Because I wouldn't leave the house in my 20s without makeup. I love my natural skin. I do, too. And, that and is it just, took me a long time. Right? It took me a long time to take care of her and to, and, and to love her. I am not going to cover her up. That's. No. And yeah. That's where I think the self-acceptance has grown with age. Absolutely. I've just become wiser. Mm-hmm. That I feel like I feel beautiful without makeup. Yeah. And when I, and I treat my skin so nicely. So when I wake up in the morning and my skin looks refreshed because I got rest and I put yeah. great things on it the night before. You nourished it. And yeah. it like, I look in the mirror and I feel like my face is saying, thank you. Right. Right. I go up my, I just look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, you're welcome. You're welcome. 100%. Because I'm taking care of me. And the same thing goes for my body. And you're doing it for you. You're doing it for your physical health. You're doing it for your mental health. Yeah. You're not doing it for vanity's sake anymore. Yeah. And you're not doing it to try to keep up with some kind of ideal mm-hmm. that was just thrown on you randomly randomly yeah so i think the takeaway because i always look for the takeaway mm-hmm. and so first of all uh, i love one of the, i think one of the biggest things that i'm taking away from this conversation is the mm-hmm. idea that we can compliment other people without diminishing ourselves absolutely like that whoa so something um, kind of going on the opposite end of what we're talking about with, with my internal dialogue coming from, from my mom. Another thing that she used to drill into my head um, is that there will always be somebody prettier than you. Mm-hmm. There will always be somebody smarter than you. There will always be somebody more talented than you. Mm-hmm. There will always be somebody more, just more privileged than you. Right. On that token, somebody else is looking at you, wishing that they were as pretty as you, as smart as you, yep. as talented as you, and as privileged as you. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the other takeaway is normalization of being who we are. Yes. We have to normalize our faces. We have to normalize our bodies. Yep. We have to normalize how we look and present ourselves to the world being how we are comfortable.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: discomfort with who we are is what diminishes our
0: own confidence.
1: Absolutely. That's time and energy that can be cultivated on positive things, on healthy things, on productive things, and time and energy with the right people as opposed to the wrong people for whom we are either too much or too little. Absolutely.
0: And the other thing I think,
1: the other takeaway for me is just we have such an opportunity as women, as people, Mm -hmm. right? Men, if you're out there, please do us the solid of recognizing beauty that goes beyond what you see in magazines. Right? I second that emotion. Celebrate women who do not look like the beauty standard that we're sold. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I want. I want us to just keep moving forward in that beautiful manner. And I, I think the way that the conversation is shifting, there, there's hope in that regard. You think? I think so. It, in and in a lot of ways, and the way it all—it's always been—it's two steps forward, one step one right. step back, and that's just something that is part and parcel with evolution, growth, development. I think it is becoming more common for us to not care. Absolutely, and there is a collective voice that is rising up that is saying, "I don't care." Mm-hmm. Right? It's not that it's we very- don't care about how we look. We don't care about how you think. About how we look. Absolutely. That's a big difference. Big difference. When people say, I don't care what people think about how I look. It's not that they're not taking care of themselves. I think that is a statement that gets misinterpreted so oh, often. Totally. Right? It's not. Nobody's letting themselves go because mm-hmm. they're not coloring their hair anymore. Or they're not wearing makeup that day. They're right. not letting themselves go. They're letting themselves be. 100%. And I want to be. Well, as I am, Yeah. and I want you to be as you that's, are. That's and that's something we all deserve. Yeah. So and knowing that that's enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this yeah. Is, I've had <laughs> so many light bulb moments today. It's been fantastic. Equally I, love it. Thank you so much for coming and yeah. sitting with me. Thanks with for having radiance me. Radiance and just you—you you glow from every bit of you. Yeah. So you you radiate the positivity that makes me as a woman feel. Good to be around you. And so you're so positive in that regard. And I love you so much for it. Equally to you. Love you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. New episodes launch every Monday, so I hope you'll be back. If you enjoyed this podcast, there's several ways to show your support. First, by rating the podcast and leaving a review, you help others to find great content. Second, if you're looking for further connection, consider becoming a patron of the podcast where you'll have a fun and interesting way to connect with others and even get more information on perspectives and things you may not have considered. Lastly, please share this podcast with a friend. The number one way that podcasts reach more people is through sharing and word of mouth. I appreciate you and your beautiful open mind. See you soon.